Hey there, Joshua here. Uh, I'm super excited to uh, introduce you to David Hopper today. Uh, Emery Mosley uh, referred him to the projects and he uh, happily accepted and uh, we met today and spent a little more than a couple of hours together and um, yeah, basically just had uh, heart to heart for the entire time and um, get to share uh, close to an hour of it with you um, here today. Uh, talked about childhood and uh, the impact of growing up and what we're going to remember and if we're aware of the things that we'll remember and we talked about uh, Star Trek uh, which is um, something that was uh, unfamiliar to me and uh, Octavia Butler and we talked about values and what those mean to us and what we're willing to uh, sacrifice for them and um, how much we're willing to uh, put up with uh, to live them out and whether or not we're even right about any of it. We cover uh, quite a few topics today. Um, David's a really, really sweet guy and um, yeah, we had a strong connection and I hope that's uh, obvious to you as you read or listen. Thanks for uh, being here. Enjoy. Thanks we're for being live. here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, how old are you for the record? I'm 28. 28. Yes. That's great. I was 28 once. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a place. Yeah. I loved saying it too. I was like really happy to be 28. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. No? No. Yeah. I think that's like to each his own, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. Did, what, did it just have a nice ring? Did it roll off Yeah. The I like the numbers it and then it's like not quite 30. So I was pretty stoked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, you know, below that, that age that people tell me is when life gets bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, who are you and how would you describe yourself? Um, cool. It's a big question. Um, my name is David. I have, I've described myself by, I guess what I want to see in the world. I'm a, I would say that I'm a utopian. Um, but a utopian who also does not blind themselves to the way that things really are and the way, like, kind of a realistic utopian, mm. I mean, um, is, is my caveat there. Um, I'm really concerned with questions of, I don't know, I think personally, uh, there's a, there's a very, like, deep personal like element to this right now is how people make meaning in the world because um, that's something that I think that I've been struggling with and really trying to trying to think about a lot kind of as we were just talking about mm -hmm. um, yeah that is that's kind of all that I'm all that I'm coming up with right now I think that there's our further conversation is going to lead into a lot of that more, mm. um, but I think that both on a on a personal, interpersonal level, um, and also a systemic level, I'm just really fascinated by the way that humans, like, kind of take the their basic like organism level needs, like, and kind of intermix them with their social needs and intermix them with their philosophical like higher level like actualization needs and how all this stuff like plays around 
and swirls around in this kind of amazing and terrifying way. Mm. Um, I think that there is, yeah, I guess at the highest level, that's kind of what I want to devote my life to understanding and Mm. working with. Mm. Um, Yeah. Great. So there's there's a thing there. That's a great thing. Yeah, so I guess if like the, if it starts difficult, it gets like <laughs> more right away. Cool. Um, what concerns you? Um, what what affects you personally as you make your way through through the days? And then, what motivates you to do something about it? I can tell you, I think what I'm, on a personal level, what I am most anxious about most of the time, which I think kind of is indicative of this, like the bigger like system concern is I'm anxious about isolation and I'm very concerned about um, kind of pursuing connection with other people it's a word that I think is thrown around quite a bit Mm. Um, but it's kind of like the focal point of how I make decisions Mm -hmm. Um, and like what I will turn to and I will sacrifice I kind of have historically sacrificed you know certain certain things in order to focus on maintaining relationships with people that I care about in that matter. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think there is a huge, there's a huge lack of, I guess, social infrastructure when it comes to maintaining meaningful relationships with people, especially as, as we age. Um, I think that this was like a, a big part of what we were talking about earlier of like the way that we connected with and have drifted from and tried to reconnect with childhood friends or, or ourselves as we, as we age. Um, there's just, there's so much, it's, it feels like there's so much working against us just living in like the, the place that, place that I, you know, I do. Um, living in this economic system, living in, um, you know, a single family home, all of this. There are just like so many, I guess, <laughs> I guess boxes kind of keeping me from like truly being with other people. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think on a on a personal level, I I try as hard as I can to show up to relationships in a kind of a bridge building way. Um and I'm trying really hard to figure out a way to do that on a professional like career level that will hopefully also pay me somehow, which is just kind of a an ongoing 
inquiry, mm-hmm. <laughs> line of inquiry. Um, yeah, but I, I just think that that stuff is super fascinating. Um, I think that humans are, are fascinating. I think that humans are the most like, <laughs> the most wonderful and the most frustrating like parts of life kind of mm. um and that yeah i see this in myself like i'm capable of, of doing some really amazing things but i'm also capable of like being really small and mean and petty and you know i am it is it's so easy to get into a place of mm, a transactional place I'm hoarding I'm marshalling my my scarce resources and I am expecting to have to fight for every scrap of like whatever it's this very like animal kind of mm-hmm. kind of situation that I think people don't really question mm-hmm. a lot of the time um, I think that the way that our, our world is set up like that is the reality for a lot of folks um, that yeah it's just a little it's it just kind of it takes it takes continued conscious effort to try and stay out of that for me anyway yeah yeah it's interesting it makes me think of a couple of things so throughout this project uh especially i guess maybe almost like (laughs) only because of here in bend um or insert you know other place like bend um I can imagine there being similarities, but uh, there's this idea that um, like our need baseline is like pretty high here Mm. and that doesn't, you know, like that, that is something that's like culturally um, it comes from our culture. Sure. But then we're also like the more we honor it, the more we make it seem true. Um, yeah. So like I get that I hear this like uh, story. Uh, you know, I, well, I worked really hard for a while, and then and now I'm and now I'm being more socially conscious. For example, and I deserve to put my feet up in this way or that yeah, way. Yeah, r- right. And then it's like, well, I wonder about s- certain things because like working hard to somebody might mean like doing something you do not enjoy mm-hmm. but that's that's not hard work right and um it's hard for your brain yeah right or it might be hard because it like contradicts your value system mm-hmm. um, but then there's people who are like working hard quite literally like to survive like to put food on the table to pay bills to sure. do this and i and here i run into this idea that, like oh well i'm working so hard but it's like i look and there's a hundred thousand dollar sprinter van in the driveway and it's like sure. oh, okay like that's wild because like that's just like it's your definition but it i don't think it makes it like correct or right sure and so i'm kind of like grappling with all this too because i guess this is a really long way to ask you but like <laughs> w- w- what do we mean to each other if like these two even just as one example right these two wild differences of opinion or differences of interpretation of fact exist even. yeah I've been thinking a lot about I'll circle back to this question. I've yeah. been thinking a lot about um, kind of the fear of loss and the way that that plays into how we show up to various relationships, how we 
show up to just kind of making decisions um, you know like it, it trickles down to the, to the to the point where like I will not leave the house without a backpack full of something that will help me if I get bored if I get hungry and if I get cold you know yeah. um, but like can also inform the way that we that I'll, I will like show up to um, a relationship or show up to um, what seems like enough to me in my life um, and it's almost like there's this impending sense of I could lose all of this and so in order to stay ahead of this kind of tsunami of fear of loss I need to add another thing you know whatever that is could be a physical possession could be um, social capital in whatever way that that manifests um, and yeah I think sorry I think I've lost the plot a little bit no, but it's fine yeah what do we so what like, do we mean to each other like yeah. does that does that kind of mode like either being aware of that or being unaware of that does that mean that another human being is a, is a means to an end like because I don't I don't think that people I think that that informs the way that people can show up to each other some of the time um, and I think it it requires kind of an active process of checking in with myself and checking in with you you know the other mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that that is not kind of where we're coming from um, yeah because I think that fundamentally people do tend especially you know people who have experienced significant loss um, like do tend to be more mindful about ensuring against that in the future mm -hmm. which can be both beneficial uh, like for the for the organism right but also like detrimental when every organism in a system is working on that level of basically hoarding scarce resources mm -hmm. yeah so I'm I'm really interested in the ways that people can relate to each other in a like a, a post scarcity way um, especially in terms of emotional and personal resources but also definitely like material resources like there is kind of <laughs> you, you hear this a lot um, uh, in in certain like economic circles but like there is plenty of stuff to go around in the world the problem is like the distribution of it um, and I think that when we get too I know that in my in my personal life when I get too concerned about how, like fairness who is getting what mm. um, that is when I start to be unfair and I start to be more mean more stingy um, yeah I just kind of wonder what it would look like for people to be more I don't know for 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 me to be to continually be giving in a way that saves nothing for myself with the trust that I will be whatever I do to empty myself 
I can refill or be filled by other people around me. Hmm. And kind of what would that trust look like implemented on a large scale mm -hmm. on multiple different different ways? Like how would that how would that system of relating to each other look like like on an economic level? Mm. You know, rather than uh, kind of a, a capitalist system where we're trying to maximize our profit and minimize our expenditure kind of mm -hmm. like what if we don't what if we just kind of throw that out the window yeah I don't know. well that the disparity between like worth and value um, also like needs to somehow be like agreed upon in mass or, or else those people that are trying to do something that is like out of trend but maybe more authentic are at an uphill battle you know it's like very yeah. difficult to So um, here's a here's an example that you mentioned earlier, right? There's mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a Latinx population in Bend, right? And they they tend to um, generalizing here, but they tend to be very family focused, and they tend to uh, have have they find their peace and their strength like together, mm -hmm. and in large families and in spending their time together. And then there's these of us that look like you and me who tend to consider wealth like financial gain or possessions or whatnot. So these are just like two types. Mm. These are two ends of a spectrum or maybe they're just like partially towards the ends of either end of the spectrum. Yeah, um, stuff flying around in a cloud. Yeah. Or sort, yeah. So, so like, and then there's like worse and better, worse and better um, aspects to this too, right? There are like, good behaviors and bad behaviors and um, extreme behaviors and like do no harm behaviors like we were talking about all mm -hmm. in this too. So like what does community mean to you? What is like your involvement or your role in community mean to you when like that definition of community is like so, so different? Um, yeah, I've been, that's a, that's a really good question. Because there's a part of me that wants to, I think it's a, a, a bit of a retreating part of me. It's, all, it's like the, the retreating idealism of, well, then I will just gather the people who think and like me and who value the same things that I value um, and who more than likely will be of a similar like socioeconomic background of a similar educational background, um, of a similar like race, more more often than not, mm -hmm. um, and I think that can down the road that's going to be more isolating than it is. Uh, you know, I, I've got this this image of like kind of the classic like commune image of folks who get together with like really lofty goals and. Um, just kind of go off into the woods and build a community that may or may not work for a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, but then kind of cordon themselves off from the rest of the world. And that scares me because like we may be talking in circles about how, how great our particular way of life is oh, or how enlightened or like lofty our values are. But 
What does that mean when the only people who benefit from that are the only people who are included in that are the people who already think that way? Yeah, it's like a country club. Yeah. 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 And I see that a lot with, um, yeah, I think that in a lot, on a lot of different levels, the pursuit of purity really can really harm, like, choose your cause. Um, I've seen, I, I follow a lot of, like, progressive politics on, especially, like, online. Um, and it's really interesting to see the difference between uh, the way that the left and the right organizes, where the right tends to move as a block and becomes a very like powerful like like voting and legislating block, whereas the left seems to split along many ideological lines. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily bad because I think that there are like having a multiplicity of, of viewpoints is fantastic. Um, it's just very interesting to see, you know, the ways that people who are very invested in a certain uh, like political line of thinking, the way that people are very invested in a certain like um, system of living, such as, you know, I'm. I'm a cyclist, you know, personally, I prefer to bike rather than drive. Um, therefore, cars are my enemy. Ban all cars, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that, that this kind of, this desire for personal purity and this desire for, like, um, this kind of goes back to the, the do no harm thing that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, if I can remove myself from this interconnected web of uh, of harm and damage and corruption and um, just kind of all the messed up stuff that is just swirling around all the time, if I can remove myself from that and focus on attaining purity in a few like key areas of my life, then I'm good. I don't have to do any work. Like I, it's the rest of the world that's the problem, right? Um, whereas I've kind of been the last last couple of years, I've been like really getting a kick out of just kind of diving into the fact that it is impossible to do no harm, and that like. For me especially, like as a person who benefits from um, like passing as a cis male, a person who is white, a person who is um, decently highly educated, um, and like who has the soft skills of being able to navigate like various like white collar places, you know, like uh, work environments if I wanted to. Um, like I'm benefiting from a whole lot of systems that do quite a bit of harm so even if I don't cut somebody off in traffic or even if I don't um, 
you know, <laughs> punch an old lady in the face to use, to use that example. Like, I'm, I can't not do harm. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's not necessarily okay, but that doesn't mean that I'm failing as a human also, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we can be, we can be like members like who, of a complex, like interconnected system that on the daily dole out harm and dole out healing and receive harm and receive healing um, all at the same time. And yeah, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated and like not, it's not an easy way to think about the world, but mm. it's, I think that that's, I think there's something to that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of the pursuit of the, of the muddiness rather than the pursuit of, of personal purity is, is really important. Hmm. Yeah, I guess when I'm most frustrated, just like fairly often, uh, it's because there's things that are happening around me that are like contradictory or even detrimental to my value system. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I also understand like there's like when I'm really doing, when I'm at my best and I'm like you know, the, my highest functioning self, I can understand like there's probably some flaws to my system. Right, or that I might be wrong, or that my my value system might not be the one, or sure. blah 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 blah. Um, but I do find it. It's like I play this game where. I find that that the things that I want tend to be the things that are best for. To be like a super general everyone, mm. and the things that I see other people wanting tend to be having some negative effect on some other group of people. And then I'm at this place where I feel, you know, righteous anger yeah. and also like deep sadness and then also like stuck. And then, and then, and then I, then I look around at the system that I'm living in and it's one that I don't want to participate in, but it's one that I'm in. So I have to, yeah. and then it's like, well, how far, how difficult does it get? How many of my values need to be challenged before they change? How many, um, you know, concessions are to be sure. made? What's appropriate? And then where is that line of doing no harm? Where is that line of wanting to do good? And then, and then there's all these new, you know, it, it, it's not new anymore, but like relatively to the uh, human history, right? The ideas of self-care and um, being the best version of yourself and, mm -hmm. and being whole so that you can help take care of other people. But I just don't know that it often goes to the next level. I think mm. I see a lot of people being stuck in the like, well, I've got mine. And like you said, now now that my world is in place, it's kind of up to everybody else to get to where I am. Yeah. But it's, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to, you know, it's hard for me to walk around the neighborhood that I live in and see a $400,000, 600 square foot home for sale. Yeah. And, and the neighbors building a 2,500 square foot, you know, $3 million home and the mm -hmm. Teslas and like just the money and the, and also in an environment where there's so much focus on health and wellness and yeah. nature appreciation and sure. all these things. And, and I just like, I just kind of feel 
lost. You know, kind of like totally yeah. lost. And and then I guess I'll just make this a segue, right? Like sure. I, as I mentioned to you before, like I'm somebody that like is pretty in tune with my own compass. And I generally feel pretty good about like the direction it's pointing as far as like morals or values go. Mm-hmm. But then when I when I when I'm in this whole system and I'm struggling to like thrive on a personal level or on a relational level, what does that do to my sense of purpose? Like not 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 is it like can I hold it, but like does it actually make it right or wrong or am I headed in a good direction so like do you feel a sense of purpose and then how do you feel about that sense of purpose given all this stuff that we've been talking about given like the mass unknown think that I feel something approaching a sense of purpose I think the way that I've been taught to think about that word seems to be a very linear kind of laser beam like uh, concept of I want to enact this specific like like quantifiable change on the world mm-hmm. um, and so in that case like if we're if we're using that definition then I think that my sense of purpose is rather muddy at the moment mm. um, hmm. let me let me take it back yeah for a little bit and, and also feel free to insert like y- your definition sure yeah um, I'm going to take it back to uh, like my childhood. Some of my earliest memories were um, and and fondest memories involved hanging out in the garage with my dad uh, as he would tinker with various like you know changing the oil in the car or like you know varnishing a set of furniture or whatever. and it was, and I would stay out late with him in the garage with uh, watching uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation on this TV set, like this this tiny like shop TV, uh, and I think that those like that show had such a profound impact on me, um, just in that. And I th- that I think like I've carried with me I, I've I continue to be just this incredibly like nerdy diehard science fiction fan um, and I think that the exposure to those types of stories and the questions that those stories grapple with um, just kind of by definition of the genre um, has really affected the way that I approach 
looking at where we are and where as a as a collective and where I think we ought to be or where I don't know whether we should be or how like the process of leaving you know myself open to like learning about people's ideas for for the future for humanity for whatever mm. um, yeah I mean in in Star Trek I don't I don't know how much you know about the, very little the world there um, he basically um, humanity exists in like this multi-species uh, federation of planets um, that has these very lofty like utopian ideals of um, of peace and exploration and um, they've got starships that they zip around in and like you know transporters and stuff and they go off and explore like various like anomalies of the week or whatever um, which I think all of the like all of that spectacle definitely captured captivated uh, yeah really captured my imagination as a child um, but kind of along with those like exciting adventure stories there were some deeper like philosophical questions like mm. what happens when you know the crew of the starship encounters a world whose values are at odds with their own but imposing those values would destroy the fabric of the society you know like what happens when there is like you know an impossible question that you know uh, upon which like the lives of many people rest you know mm -hmm. um, yeah and kind of a, a piece of commentary that I, that I heard about this show just a few years ago is that the most incredible um, like I guess piece of technology um, that exists in this universe is not necessarily like the like the warp drive or the or the starships themselves but like the way that people are organized um, the way that the way that like people can show up in a like a selfless and um, a selfless way kind of yeah I don't know <laughs> I think also like looking back on on these shows like the idea of Star Trek has always been a lot more progressive than the, the shows themselves like they've also fallen prey to like a lot of I mean you know sexism in the in the 70s 80s 90s mm -hmm. um, you know but there's there's always been kind of this undercurrent assumption like the governing like the purpose of the Federation was always to to seek out ways to better ourselves and to do so in a way that is like um, is open-minded is questioning is it's inclusive ultimately um, yeah and I think that that kind of exposure to that at a, at a young age and exposure to like a lot of other science fiction writers um, who are kind of grappling with similar questions have has really made like a pretty 
tremendous impact on just the way that I look at systems in, in particular. Um, I think that Octavia Butler is this fantastic example of a science fiction writer who um, has had a really keen eye for all the like the pitfalls and also the and the triumphs of the way that people can relate to each other in groups. Um, and so I'd, I would highly encourage investigating like some of her writing. Um, I think that, yeah, in, in recent years, I've been thinking a lot about one book of hers in particular called uh, The Parable of the Sower, which basically focuses on a, um, it's like a, it's an, a post-apocalyptic novel, sort of, where the apocalypse is kind of the slow decay of basically the fabric of society um, as like violence and um, kind of just general disharmony creeps in of like into the edges. Mm. Um, and the book is kind of set in this gated community in Los Angeles that refuses to believe that the world is basically coming to an end. Mm. Um, and the main character is someone who ultimately leaves, a, leaves the community and leads a group of survivors to some unknown, like attempt at safety, attempt at being okay. Mm. Um, and the way, that, the way that Butler writes groups of people is I think like, it's just the, it's just the coolest, like, because she will have characters who represent um, you know, in a single person, uh, various aspects of human nature. Mm. Like, you'll have in this group of survivors fleeing, you know, burning Los Angeles, a person who is very concerned with fairness. Or you'll have a, a character who is very concerned with um, who we let into the group. If we let somebody into this group, like, will it hurt our chances of surviving? Mm. And on a, on a certain level, like the answer to that question, like in this crisis scenario is yes, mm. you know? Um, and so there's, there are multiple points to this book where like this character has to make, this character leading the group has to make these kind of impossible value judgments of like, what is, you know, what are the, the needs of, of the group? How do we all be okay? Um, and how do we also look out for individual needs? Mm -hmm. How do we be kind and compassionate to people that we meet along the way? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and complicating this whole this whole thing is that she also has a condition called hyperempathy, where she viscerally experiences the sensations and emotions of basically everyone around her. Um, yeah, which is just this kind of fascinating um, concept, but it. It basically means that she is both the strongest person kind of in the room because she has the capacity to um, to really like experience what other people are experiencing. Um, but it also means that she's the most vulnerable person in the room mm -hmm. um, because if somebody, uh, you know, has stomach pain, her stomach hurts, if, you know, if she gets mm. hit, if someone else gets hit, like she like 
she starts to bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think that there is some really deep wisdom to engaging with the world and especially in, in these times in like kind of a similar way. Mm-hmm. Um, a very like organizing forward kind of way, I guess, of what are what is what is the change that I wanna that I want to see on the world? How do we how do I get there mm-hmm. in I guess the least harmful way, but also like what are yeah, yeah what are acceptable sacrifices yeah. for for me personally? You know, and like yeah, and how do I approach impossible decisions? You know? Uh, so this is a particular point that I've been curious about and asking several people that have participated in these interviews about and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the individual movements that are going on today but there are so many and I really liked what you said about how you know the one of the major differences um, not not that there are few uh, between Mm -hmm. you know the 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 conservative right and the liberal left are the, the way they organize the right seems to organize in mass and just mm-hmm. obliterate whatever's in front of them, and the left seems to have all these factions. And it's these yeah. factions that really are curious to me because I, I'm still, I think about this on a regular basis, and I still haven't come up with like an, any nuances that are like particularly powerful to me in a way mm-hmm. that keeps us distracted. But like underneath all of the various forms of hate, which is, I think, what we're all kind of like fighting against. Sure or some people prefer to use like more positive language like working towards, um, is, is something, it's one word, it's like hate or it's selfishness or greed or, um, you know, it's like whether or not you want to control a woman's body or whether or not you dislike, uh, or you're, you, you are homophobic or whether or not you are racist or whether or not you are, um, uh, proselytizing to African nations in exchange for water quality, you trade religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these types of things are assuming something at their core that I think is very much the same thing at the core of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that we're working towards this thing so much as I see that we're working towards these individual avenues of like very, um, uh, very distinct actions versus like the branches of the tree versus the roots, Mm. right? It's the same tree. Mm. And I don't, so what's that thing? What's the come together moment? What's the thing to get this? What's the trunk? Yeah. Yeah. And what's feeding the roots? Like what is the tree living on? And then we'll just take that thing away. Yeah. Like what's feeding hate? Well, eliminate it. It's not like we're so brilliant. Or we think we're so brilliant, but like this is a major, major, major issue, right? Yeah. And so what does that do to you? What does that, how does that feel as you make your way? Are you motivated to figure it out or are you defeated by this seemingly insurmountable task? Like how does that manifest itself in the life of David Hopper daily? Hmm. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of showing up and dreading a hypothetical future date in which 
uh, it becomes too much, and the great disappointment comes, and I lose faith in humanity. But I don't think it. Has, I don't think it's happened yet. Um, granted, I have also not experienced a lot of the, um, a lot of like the true garbage uh, dumped on a lot of humans by other humans, just based on my positionality and my privilege. But I think. I think kind of at the heart of the issue here is the question of how much of myself am I investing and how willing am I to be hurt in order to achieve like the greater good in a way. Um, and I think of the, the ways that a lot of the splinter groups on the left who I think honestly like I don't know I will I will disclaim that I am not I'm, I'm not an expert on um, progressive politics and I'm not an expert on a whole bunch of things but I kind of see a lot of a lot of this tying back to the struggle between personal purity and personal um, accountability and the question of <laughs> kind of just like very simply like what if I'm wrong here in this situation and what are my needs and when do I prioritize my needs over your needs and how can I trust that uh, like my needs are going to be met, you know, if, and, and that's kind of where I think a lot of the, that's where I think a lot of the, um, the difficulty comes, uh, among like really, uh, progressive groups is that there is not the trust that a group that prioritizes, um, the rights of people of color um, will also prioritize the rights of like white women. Mm -hmm. I think you know, uh, and there and especially like groups of, uh, yeah, and and I think that there's there's this kind of there's the the famous like Audre Lorde quote I think uh, that like my liberation is tied up in your liberation as well mm. um and that like unless we're all free basically like none of us are free mm. and yeah i kind of i kind of see that as that is like it's an easy thing to say but it's a very difficult thing to put in practice i'm finding because like what does it mean when um yeah what 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 does it mean when like trusting that someone else is going to have my back in you know x situation might open me up to harm mm -hmm. um yeah and i think that i mean me in in my my personal practice like I try to be as 
I'm, I'm not, I will also admit, I'm not like super great at this 100% of the time, but like, I feel like it's worth it to continue to open myself up to harm in possible harm in the ways that like I can take or I can handle in order to create that space for like changing the narrative in terms of like a resource scarcity way. Mm. Um, in order to like create more trust in the world that that, you know, if, if I can just keep showing up in that way, like maybe that'll, maybe that'll, that'll change some of the, some, some of the assumptions that, that we move through the world with. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it yeah. also might just be banging one's head against a wall. Yeah. But in an effort to, uh, in an effort to bring like a little positivity into this whole thing, um, mm. <laughs> which I hear from other people is really important. Uh, what are you most looking forward to, uh, you know, in the, in the near future? Oh man. Um, near future this is yeah on a very on a very like close level just kind of I'm looking forward to a um, a bit of a uh, I guess there's going to be a, a big move of various roommates and things in the in the near future and I'm, I'm I think at the end of end of the summer um, sorry, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking here a little bit. It's no problem. You don't even have to answer it if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to kind of a, moving towards a community of of people that has that sense of looking out for each other um, and there's yeah there's kind of a, a date that we've got out <laughs> out in the future where like a good buddy of mine is is gonna move in here like um, and yeah but I'm also yeah I'm kind of struggling with that also because it's kind of like kind of what I what I might have mentioned earlier about like the problems with a commune going out into the woods of, of like-minded folks like what happens when what happens when I when I have what I need yeah you know will I focus on maintaining that at all costs you know yeah um, yeah going, so. going public with a statement is a good form of accountability I guess. sure right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, so, I don't know. <laughs> my simple answer is my, my best friend is moving in with us and I'm excited for, for a house full of fun, um, just like creative people doing weird things. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Was there anything uh, that uh, you, know, you wanted to get out, uh, a topic you wanted to, to, to touch on or do you mm -hmm. feel... Uh, well, I already went off about Star Trek, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
yeah, I guess, I don't know. I feel, I feel strange being, being interviewed here. I think there's, there's definitely a bit of, like quite a bit of in, imposter syndrome coming up for me. Mm. Um, just because like I look on the website and I see all of these, like the faces and names and thoughts of like folks who are just doing an incredible amount of like work in this community of Ben. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, there's definitely a bit of, you know, I, I do want, I, I, part of me wants to like backtrack and say like, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, yeah. But another part of me kind of wants to kind of just kind of un, unrepentantly like throw my, <laughs> throw my ideas out there and be like, Hey, I, I want to have the hard conversations with people on pretty much anything. Like, I want to get to a place with, like, the people that I live with and the people that um, I run into daily where, like, I can question in an honest way the assumptions that I make about the world, what is right and what is, you know, what is to be dismissed or thrown away. Like. Um, you know, I want to be, I want to be held accountable. I want to hold other people accountable. I want to like, and to do that in a way that is not oppositional, but is like a really like loving, like we're all kind of in this together. Like we can create a better thing than we have going on right now, kind mm -hmm. of a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think. Yeah, I just don't, I don't want to shy away from those conversations because they're hard, you know? Yeah. So. That's great. Thank you for, thank you for coming and, and, and talking with me about all this stuff. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah.